Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. This is Raf over in the uh, red T-shirt over there, James. I think I, we figured figured out how to coordinate. Did you say Atlanta United as well? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't say anything on it. But uh, you know, I mean, before right. when you were the only one that didn't have the hoodie, I switched out. And uh, you know, That's I almost right. feel like we we're going from I've got like that bum low-key look you're a little bit more and then we got uh even a little bit more formal so it's a, it's a nice venture here that we've got going on this feels like it's happening yeah all right well uh <laughs> that's this is a good time to introduce our guest uh today's podcast is uh we're gonna talk about i don't however you want to pronounce it s-a-s-e uh z-t-e z-t-n-a o-m-g b-b-q g-t-f-o i don't know there's a lot of acronyms here all right, Mr. Carlos Salas uh, from Nordlayer, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. And I and I apologize in advance for what we're, what we're about to do to you, but why are there a thousand acronyms to effectively talk about what I think is the same thing? Well, mainly I will say that it boils down to marketing most of the time, but also because <laughs> of course, because of-, of course, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, let, let's be real. I mean, most of those uh, acronyms are uh, tailored for marketing and also because there's kind of like a disconnection between uh, like the uh, universities and uh, organizations that create all these frameworks and the real people that are actually uh, implementing them on, on the ground. Like, So, yeah, it's... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that there is a difference between academics, practitioners, and analysts? <laughs> no. Surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> Raph, how can you how can you be innovative if you don't have something new? That's why you have to come you're, up with a new acronym. You're, you're, oh, that 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 just that kills me. Um yeah, I I don't I don't even know what to say to that. That's hilarious. Uh well, good lord. So all right, what is the all right, I'm going to start with this. What is the difference between S-A-S-E, pronounced sassy, uh, which that's not how it's spelled. I love how you uh, say it, though. Like, you even say sassy. it sassy, which is fantastic. Right. <laughs> there is S-S-E. There is Z-T-N-A, Z-T-E. Uh, what are these all? Well, uh, I mean, at least for the sassy perspective and uh, S-S-E perspective, uh, they were created by Gardner. Uh, for people that don't know what who, who Gardner is or what are Gardner is, practically they start uh, putting in quadrants uh, companies that uh, uh, like are in a specific, let's say, software development uh, industry or security industry. Right. So I mean, on one side it's like okay, well, more acronyms, more stuff like that. But on the other hand, 
actually, I will say that Sassy, it's one of the few that are actually useful. Really? Uh, the thing is that there is not a lot of people that actually knows what Sassy is. Okay. So in like, in <laughs> let's put it on a nutshell. Sassy is what cybersecurity in general was before the creation and the adoption of cloud. Ooh. So like, for example, back in, let's say 10 years ago or 20 years ago, uh, you will start implementing cybersecurity by cybersecurity standards back then. And yeah. then suddenly, boom, AWS came over and I want to be there. You know, it's, it's fancy, it's cloud. Yeah, so, fancy. Okay, you want to connect your uh, on-premises, your offices to AWS, but all your, your for example, your security doesn't let you do that. Right. You are not supposed to create a hole in your firewall. You're not supposed to be able to go outside and come in. So That's those right. uh, outdated frameworks are not uh, suitable for this new environment. And SASE covers this part. Okay. So now that we understand at least what the, a little bit of history is, what is it? And so let's talk about what it's not. Uh, well, what it, what is that term not encompass? Let's let's scope this down. Let, g- give me the give me the uh, the the everybody's term for what this is not. Well, this is not a magical panacea. It's not going to come over and fix your your whole architecture, your whole cybersecurity problems. What it does is it creates a framework that uh, actually tells you, okay. What do I need to be like compatible with cybersecurity solutions nowadays? And they give you a check mark. Do I have um, software-defined wide area network? Yes or no. Or I have VPN? Yes or no. Network encryption? Yes or no. So you start uh, just check mark all those small things. So not only it's uh, by the um, com- communication and, and connection side, but also like the Endpoint security, for example, if you have antivirus, is also part of it. Uh, password management is part of it. Uh, zero trust network access, the famous CTNA. Yeah, it's it's also part of it. So yeah, like you know, before as you said, if you go to Google and just put cybersecurity, you will find SASE, SSE, CTNA, uh, uh, CTA, and all those things. But mainly, you could say that all those. Uh, other uh, acronyms that you could find, they are going to be inside of SASE. So SASE okay, is so like the big daddy, you know. The, the word access is, is in a lot of those definitions. Yeah. So it seems like we are going uh, in the last 10 years, security went from how much can we restrict to, oh crap, how do we actually do something with this thing that we, we've got, right? So whatever acronym you choose seems to be about secure, at least secure access okay um is 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 that your understanding as well like moving towards access rather than uh denial of access definitely yes especially after the pandemic uh, all companies were like okay no one should be able to get in no one uh, this could be this has to be a bunker our offices are not supposed to be accessed anywhere and then suddenly boom everyone to the to your house Okay, now what? <laughs> now what? Right, right. Now what? So, so yeah. okay. So, so we've got access. Um, 
didn't uh, didn't VPN like accomplish some of this? Yes and no. Uh, at okay. least not the traditional. At least not the traditional VPNs because, I mean, a traditional VPN, as uh, most people know already, is just a connection from one point to the other encryption. Right. That's it. Right. So, for example, if you wanted, if you have a, an office, let's say here that I'm in Vilnius, and another office that we have also in in Berlin, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for my computer to be able to connect to their servers. That's it. No, we would like to have a big uh, wide area network. We we would like to our local area network be able to communicate with their local area network. Right. So that that's not part of a VPN as per se. And then the so what I hear you telling me and and what I've learned about this and James, correct me if if you think uh, I'm completely loopy because uh, this may or may not be hot tea. Uh, <laughs> It's less about like I think the name is maybe a little bit misleading. It's not just about access; it's about specific access. So it's yeah. not just the way. So the way VPNs used to work, right, is this endpoint has access to this network and it's encrypted. You can access anything on that network, right? That's why we why we both loved and absolutely hated VPNs. And then we started getting like into very specific access on VPNs. That's unmanageable. So now we're trying to do granular access based on your identity to specific things you need to do business, right? So it's not like I'm connecting to my home network, not my, not my network connecting to a corporate network. It's my, my identity connecting to me, connecting to an application in, uh, in, in the corporate data environment uh, a workload in AWS, a thing in um, Azure or wherever, right? It's specific access and it's encrypted and it's protected. So there's security on top of that. Am I, am I in the right ballpark? Yes, actually what you are describing is a CTNA, actually. <laughs> Wrong idea, <laughs> right. Raf. Nice try. Zero, <laughs> zero Trust Network Access. Yeah, it's uh, just... Practically, it will boil down to trust no one. If I come over and say, hey, hello, I'm Carlos Alves. Nah, you're not. Okay, fine. Here's my two-factor authentication. No, nah, I don't trust you. Okay, here's my fingerprint. Okay, fine. You are a developer. You are going to go to this server. That's it. Right. Is that, that is, James, there's a fundamental shift because security used to, like, one of the problems we had was it was all or nothing. Like yeah. you, you had access to the corporate network or you didn't, you had access to a server or you didn't nobody. And I mean, absolutely nobody, ain't nobody got time to do granular access. Like, well, now you think happened. about that when you think about, I am and all that stuff, right? Like, how does that fit it? Cause it seems very kind of similar of, Hey, look, we got an identity. We're going to pick what you get to access, what you don't get to access. This just seems more at a system level than it does a service level. Is that correct? Is that correct, right. Carlos? Does that, does that sound right to you? Yeah, definitely. It will be. It will be more into that because, yes, you said before, it was either everything or nothing. And if you wanted to restrict some, some like uh, very specific things, it was uh, maybe by um, firewall level you will need to block specific IPs, and it was very messy actually back in the day. Very yeah, and and so in this wonderful brave new world. 
What do we have now that we didn't have before? Well, first of all, and first and foremost, I will say uh, software as a service. It's a big thing. And the infrastructure as a service and firewall as a service and all those as a service, yeah. uh, cloud-based stuff that before, for example, if you wanted to have this type of control, you will need to go to a big vendor, let's say big names like uh, Cisco or Uniper, get a huge piece of hardware, uh, get a specialized engineer, uh, put everything in place, and then maybe it will work. Uh, but with this new as a service uh, solutions, it's more like, okay, I want this team to be able to access this uh, uh, network uh, range. Okay, good. Now what? It's already done. You don't need it. You don't even need to to worry about it. Yeah. So huh. There is a fundamental shift there because you don't need you don't even need to be IT savvy savvy in order to to access those new tools. What's the requirement though to get that up and running? You know, from a back end to be able to make something that is you don't have to be IT savvy to be able to make this work in your system. What's it look like getting that set up? so that well, you can make it like that well for example at least on, on our side on nord layer side uh we took all the the things that we learned from nord vpn which is one of our other products b2c product and we decided okay people really like it because it's very simple why can't it be like that for businesses because, because there's security, a lot of uh, carlos security can't be simple like didn't you yeah. know this already <laughs> It's been 25 yeah. years. Not, nothing about this. You're going against the grain simple. here. That's I know. A, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Make yeah. us look bad? We, we, don't, we don't create billion-dollar industries on simple. Well, that's, that yeah. is damn straight. <laughs> that's actually a, a very good point because most people were like, okay, you know what? Uh, I need to secure my, my company. And they start going into those very expensive, very uh, complex solutions. They're like, no, you know what? Forget about it. I just close my eyes and pretend that everything is fine. Right. But uh, the, the reality is that there's a lot of small to medium business, even uh, growing business startups that don't have any idea how to secure their, their networks, how to secure their businesses. And that's a reality that we see every day. I mean, uh, we were doing some research a couple of months ago. Uh, of last year, 2021, uh, well, this year and the last year, 2020, 2021, um, uh, it was around three trillion US dollars in losses for, uh, yeah, like uh, data leaks, hacks, oh, yeah. uh, ransomware. And because that same issue, like it's either you need to spend uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to uh, procure something very huge, getting certified engineers or nothing. So, so is this another ingress point though? Uh, not a, a single ingress point, right? Like, yeah. if I'm gonna go into my systems, I'm company A and I, I'm an employee, I wanna go do something. I'm going to a, like the SASE provider. And then from there, they're making a decision based on my identity to what I have access to. And so I make a request to application A or system B and it routes it from there, but I'm, I'm pointed to a single spot and then from there it gets routed out right exactly yeah. so how does the provider like if i'm a company how do i get set up with that like what does that look like if i were to say hey i really want to do this what type of things do i need to have available when i say hey i want to set this up do i need like our network ranges like how does that connect from 
the vendor out into actually my systems that I have. Okay, let's put a, a real life example. Let's say, for example, if I have a, an oh, office no. here, an office, an office in the in LA, let's say, and I have uh, AWS infrastructure also. So I'm working from home. I'm not even in the office in this in this city, and I want to reach, let's say, LA because there is a uh, database that I want to to reach. So uh, first of all, uh, you can get a private gateway, which is practically just uh, let's say a router in the middle in the cloud. So I connect first uh, with uh, two-factor authentication and third-party authentication directly into this uh, application, this server. This server will, uh, will see that, okay, you are supposed to go there. And with side-to-side uh, -side connectivity between this uh, private gateway and the office, the router in the office, for example, you are going to be able to, to access that point. And by the use of uh, firewall as a service, you don't um, like yeah the, the middle company doesn't need to know even what's your internal network. You can just go di there directly, put the IPs that you actually want to expose to this person or to this team, and that's it. That's as simple as that. Interesting. Can I? I feel like there's more. There's there's more to this because some of the some of the products out there um, bundle in, you know, in, in that tunnel you take, right? In that, in that from point A to point B, there is, you know, filtering, security filtering, URL filtering, there's malware filtering, there's all sorts of security goodness that happens. Is that, do you feel like that's where the new, uh, or maybe, not all of it, but some of the new security paradigm is shifting is in those in those tunnels. Like you're just going to clean up traffic for me and I'm just not going to have to really worry about it. Yeah, actually, that's another also another good point where, for example, before, if you if you wanted to have like another acronym, DPI, Deep Packet Inspection, <laughs> uh, if you wanted to have something like that, you actually had to procure a new piece of hardware. But right. with uh, uh, like yeah, software as a service or ser as a service architectures nowadays, you can just tell your provider, you know what, I want you to check whatever is going in or out, and yeah, it's already there in the cloud. So you just check mark. I want you to block this, 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 and this protocol. End of story. Okay, interesting. Is that how does that? Because I know at the top of the show we talked about working from home and sort of the uh, the, the toothpaste out of the tube with the users. Not I, I like that analogy, James. Just I know. It. <laughs> I'm just recording you know, I'm multiple times a day. I get it. You you like it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my kids to uh, to you know to be better at brushing their teeth. So this is an analogy. It's just gonna it's gonna keep riding. But anyway, <laughs> this is something that. Um, this is something that that's just simply like we're not going to see users all go back to the office anytime soon, right? So now you have resources. I, in, in the last 20 years, we've evolved from everybody, including people and servers and everything else, everything you could possibly need, your email, everything lived in your office. Over time, things drifted and something lived in your office. Something's lived moving around. Now you've got your office, your people moving around which all kinds of devices there, your service providers, your application as a service, right? The SaaS providers, 
And then you've got like your cloud instances and all sorts of things. Now there's the transit lines between all these things are impossible to maintain. And I feel like we have uh, we the way we used to do this, right? To go back to VPN is we'd make everybody VPN to the office, and then we do uh, URL filtering and firewalling and stuff like that on the outbound. That's no longer practical. Am, am I? Am I? You think? Yeah. Do I agree with you? Yeah, definitely. Because managing a firewall on that level, it's 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 unfeasible. That, that's very yeah. real. You will need a, no a full team of network engineers in order just to move that. Yeah, and, and there's really no reason to backhaul all that traffic. So, but now, how do you control? Uh, how do you control and do security on workstations and laptops and whatnot that sit all over the place, access all over the place things? Like you don't control the wire anymore. So, what? How do you like? In in my brain, if I put myself into like the younger version of me that didn't understand all these virtual concepts like okay what do you mean i'm sitting here on my comcast modem or my at&t modem or my t-mobile or verizon or whatever i'm sitting on i'm sitting here on my network at home i need to get to email which is in office 365 or google what does my corporate network have to do with that the answer is nothing right yeah, exactly. And also, it doesn't even need, it need to be like an Office 360. It could be anywhere else. Uh, yeah. But for example, uh, the corporate, uh, the corporate, for example, uh, administrators could say, okay, fine, you are going to work from home, but I don't want just anyone to be accessing that server, no yeah. matter where data center is, no matter where cloud is. So what, for example, what they can do is put something in the middle that is going to be the only pathway between anywhere and that server. And there's where the as a service solutions are. Like they go around and say, hey, I'm this person. This is my credentials. These are my certificates. This is my fingerprint, whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, you are supposed to go to the server or not. So you can actually have it there kind of open, but actually no one can reach it if this is not from this specific point in the middle. James, this this kind of brings me right all the way back around to, the, to kind of where a lot of our conversations lately have been going, and that is, uh, it's all about the ID, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is. You know, I mean, I think that's where we're starting to get to. Is it's less about like what device it is, because how do we that's sit right. there and how how do we, uh, you know, MDM and do all that stuff to personal devices and all that. Does like that I even said, matter anymore? On the past episode, right, where we're we're talking about. It, we're doing everything. How do we stop somebody from, hey, I'm just going to log into my personal machine right now and go to our Slack or log into our Office 365, right? It's on those credentials, you know? So does this, because it almost sounds like this helps prevent that. So if I'm a company and say we use Office 365 and I say, hey, I'm only allowing certain IDs, I can limit that down to... Hey, you know, obviously, if I only have the credentials and the multi-factor, whatever to get into it, I can get into it. But that doesn't stop me from saying I'm going to log in from my personal machine from my work machine. Whereas, does this, you know, I'm assuming this is set up on the device where I'm saying, hey, my work machine is configured that it's going to go through this provider, versus my home machine is not. Is there a blocker there that says like I can't set up my home machine to go through the SASE endpoint? a provider so it's limiting it to my work machine or 
does that not part of what that's doing? If I could still know the credentials of my ID, I could log in still with anything and, and gain access. Well, it will uh, actually depend on what uh, the policies on your company, let's say. Uh, some companies are cool with uh, bring your own device. So it's actually very, very popular nowadays, especially with contractors and so on. So <clears throat> contractors are not going to be sent computers all around the world just for them to be able to access. Right. And they wouldn't want to uh, have them accessing their personal computers in order to be able to work for that company. So nowadays, I think the paradigm is shifting a little bit into uh, just, tr uh, I, I won't trust, even if it's the, the computer that's supposed to be able to access. I need you to tell me who you are, where you are. Uh, I need you to give me like two-factor authentication. I need you to give me uh, third-party um, access. And I need you to give me your fingerprint, your face ID. So. The more things you can start putting on your ID instead of on your computer, the more mobility a, a company will have. And, and the easier it will be to, to manage, for example, on a centralized level. Yeah, it's okay. interesting. Raf, you think about it, you know, this whole conversion from it's not the device, it's the, the ID, right? right. So before we had the ability to control devices, but now when we switch to an ID realm, I don't have the ability to control the device. As long as I say it's me, I can log in on anything, right? So well, now we have I, so much more limited control over where that data is going. I don't know what that data has been downloaded to. Kind right? of, but yeah, but kind of. So before you, you would limit it down to the thing, but you didn't know, but you had to give it like coupled, like coupled access, meaning system to system and it could do anything now you're saying okay sure james you can get to this app but in a browser and like what's the difference between and, and that browser has to meet certain requirements right it has to be updated for example it i will i will filter it to make sure that you know you're not doing you don't have any kind of weird whatever installed on your system uh blah 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 okay and so Is that I think that's I think that's better because you're no longer having to worry about the machine because let's face it like is my work laptop any more trusted than my home laptop and what makes that yes or no by the agent that's on there maybe right maybe does yeah. it have EDR is it up to date what if I what if the uh, other side said hey yeah you can connect to your uh, your email but I have to verify that your browser is up to date your machine has some sort of one of these four approved EDR vendors that it's actually working and I will filter traffic like does that does that make that paradigm better I think it does is that what sure. Sassy is doing uh, it's one of the parts of Sassy I know you guys love uh, your acronyms this is called DSP, DSP. Uh, Device Security Posture. See, of so course practically, uh, you you install an agent also. In in our case, is the uh, VPN agent. Okay. The the Nord layer agent, and with Device Security Posture, for example, you can know what uh, operational system operation system you're using. Uh, what uh, is the the antivirus that you have connected, if there are certificates installed or not, 
if there's a specific file that should be in a specific place and so on. So uh, also where you're connecting from. So you still can remain that access. And if you don't uh, fulfill these requirements, you can reach anywhere. So it's okay. only your personal computer. You can you go to YouTube if you want, but not to, to, the, to the enterprise. So we're, so we're combining though DSP with IAM basically, right? Like there's identity piece and then we can include information to say, yes, you can do it as long as you meet these certain policies, which whatever device that may be. Exactly. But that's gonna be limited, right? Like my work machine may not let me get to Facebook, but my personal machine may, and that may not be something that gets picked up, right? Or, you know, that I think that's where you see that difference between the difference between a work machine and a personal machine. What are people doing on personal machines that they don't do on work machines? <laughs> well, for example, if, if you are connected into the network, <laughs> you can actually just uh, uh, block Facebook, you can block uh, Instagram, you can block everything while you're connected into the uh, business network. Once you turn off the, the connection, you can do whatever you want. Right. But, but you can also split that too, can't you? Because I've seen the... Like, go ahead, go, go, go ahead and browse Facebook and do, you know, do what you'd like. That's not going to impact your ability to access email because now those are two separate connections. Those are two separate identity domains and security domains. And we're going to keep them logically separate on your computer. That is a dramatic shift from where – I'm not – by by no means am I saying, Jesus, this is the ideal situation. But I think that – the the alternative is the I have a laptop I can get like you said you can't stop me from getting the Office 365 from my laptop just like I could from my work laptop because you can't. Um, good luck, right? So this <laughs> this is better because it's kind of like an like hey you don't have to be you can be connected to the dirty internet and do whatever you whatever you want, but when you want to go hit something that's we know is corporate office secure. You're all that malware that's beginning loses its connectivity because you suddenly put up a uh, you know a connect connection tunnel, an encrypted tunnel that goes into a specific application. You do your business and then that goes down and then you go back to beaconing out to the to the Russians again. Yeah, what a great solution. <laughs> oh. So, Carlos, how do you how do you? I mean, obviously it's a product. How do you sell that? How is that sold? Is that like a uh, like, what's the packaging of that look like? Well, uh, for starters, it's mainly a secure tunnel that you can use to connect, practically interconnect yourself, for example, from one computer to the other, from one server to, to the other, and so on. On top of that, there is also a site-to-site -site connectivity where you can connect uh, one office to the other, one office to a specific location, and so on. And then on top of that, uh, all the filterings like uh, DSP, uh, uh, yeah, DNS filtering, uh, threat block, which is blocks uh, uh, dangerous phishing and malware-ridden uh, websites. And also with that, with all the, the security, with the uh, device security posture included, and uh, soon, practically, yeah, next, uh, start of next year, also firewall as a service that will start including that part. And if you need, for example, a, a static IP, you can get a, a dedicated gateway. And then with that, you can use it, for example, to access 
by allow listing, provide listing uh, to AWS, Azure, or whatever cloud vendor you have. So what's the future? Where is this going in the future? Because there's too many acronyms, too many different ways to do it. Um, too many, too much confusion. Where, once we get our shit together, I mean, our stuff together as an industry, where does this lead us to in your, like, give me the uh, Carlos crystal ball view on this. I will say that uh, there's a lot of uh, organizations, a lot of business that still keep their legacy solutions. So this part is not going to die anytime yeah, soon. That's not changing, buddy. That's not <laughs> going to change. Yeah, I already put tens of thousands of uh, dollars in my full network, so I'm not going to change it. Yeah. So I guess the the change will be more into what can you add on top of those all those legacy solutions that you already have. Okay, so it'll be stacking security into the existing connection into the existing tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like all those layers, Raf. That's security defense in depth layers, not stacking. <laughs> Sorry, Nord layers you know. in depth. Nord layers. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there it is. I didn't even consider that, but that was a good. Uh, that was a good draw. You, you know, you, you know, he's a good company man. He came up with that like that on the spot. Yep. I like it. That that was well done, sir. I'll give you that. That was well done. Um. All right. So th- this kind of demystified it for me. Who's the who's your economic buyer? Like who's the per, the group that's are you marketing this towards these types of solutions? Is this a, is this a broadly broadly speaking? Is the market for big companies, small companies, middle market companies, everybody? It's practically everybody. I will say, uh, of course, for bigger enterprise companies, they might already have some different uh, approaches to cybersecurity, as we were mentioning. Legacy on big enterprises, it's a huge thing. Yeah. So um, like, for example, niche cases where they need uh, remote workforces all around the world, they might, it might not be feasible or might not be very uh, economic <laughs> and economic point of, of view, not very smart to uh, start procuring more licenses and more le- legacy stuff. Instead, you can just put another top layer and start connecting everyone into your network via a third party. In this case, for example, another layer. And for smaller and medium size, uh, practically, as as I was saying before, this is a very good uh, chance, a very good uh, opportunity to jump into cybersecurity because most companies are like, it's either the big leaks that can't afford or nothing. So this is a very niche uh, part of the market, actually a very big one that uh, we are also covering. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, cool, man. Thanks for jumping on and sharing with us. This is a, uh, as, as I guess is the norm now, just an acronym laden catastrophic bomb of a market segment that I, I appreciate you giving us some insights on. Cause, um, I think I understand it a little bit better now. What do you think, James? I, I think so. I didn't know much about it before we got on here. So I was looking forward to hearing more about what it is and, and what's going on with it. So, but, you know, it's great right. that we have all these new things coming out because it gives us new stuff to learn and talk about. <laughs> That's right. I think, you know, th- thank you for more podcast topics uh, on stuff that you, you, you lucky, lucky enterprise security people get to go figure out now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Carlos Salas, thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, good luck with the venture and uh, we wish you the best. 
Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. All right. For uh, James and myself and uh, Carlos Alves from uh, Nordlayer, um, thanks for watching us or listening to us or whatever you're doing. Uh, watch out for that tree. Uh, eyes on the road, people. And uh, we'll be back uh, next time with another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. And until then, like us, subscribe to us, join us on LinkedIn, catch the RSS feed, tell your friends, hell, tell your enemies, tell your next door neighbor. Uh, get them on the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay, bye-bye. As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag PoundDTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole